Welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. So today we're going to talk about gluten-free breads, and in this episode, it's going to be the yeasted versions, so it's more like a traditional gluten-free loaf that you're going to make like sandwiches with, and also I'm going to give you some varieties to take that standard loaf and make it like a cinnamon swirl, we also do a garden herb, and then a seeded version. So the first time I did gluten-free breads was probably about 15 years ago. Gluten-free was just starting to be heard of, and we had some people that had special diets. Didn't reach the mainstream yet, but anyway, so we tried making a rice bread. We actually sold that for a few years, but it was pretty bad, and there really was a limited market for it. So it wasn't like now where the gluten-free products have evolved over time and they've gotten better. Um, and also the baking techniques with gluten-free got better as well. So back then it was, you gluten-free loaf was, was a rice flour, first of all, and it was really short and dense and squatty, not too good. So we only made it for people that really had really bad gluten intolerances, and that would be the people that had celiac disease. So if you think of gluten-free bread more as a thick pancake better, Okay, so it's more like a quick bread than a normal yeasted bread, and that's really the texture of it. And you're never going to get the height and texture of a real loaf of bread, so to speak, because it's gluten-free. It is much easier to make gluten-free muffins, scones, cookies, and quick breads because you don't really need the height in those, right? So I'm talking about your sandwich loaves. They got to get bigger, and it's the gluten strands that allows you to what it does is it traps that carbon dioxide that's being emitted that's what gives it structure if you don't have any gluten you don't get those strands and you don't get much height and trust me i was determined to come up with that magic gluten-free loaf right that was just like a regular loaf of bread and i tried numerous recipes started tweaking them started adding more yeast and less yeast, and then more rising time, less rising time, all these kind of things. Oddly enough, with this gluten-free loaves, if you can see into your oven, I know most home ovens are, you know, whatever, they're kind of low, so it's not like you're looking in your oven much. In commercially, in our oven, we're in and out of the oven a lot. So I just happened to open my oven door when I was trying this recipe out, and I was like, wow, I finally mastered it. There was this beautiful... (laughs) Um, gluten-free loaf that was really had some really good height to it. I just remember I was just like so happy for about like 10 minutes because the next time I opened up the oven door, it deflated. So that's what happens is um, it still emit carbon dioxide, right? And that's when I learned that. I learned that by seeing this high loaf, but it wouldn't, it wasn't trapped. That's what the gluten strands do. And yeah, anyway, so you're going to get a shorter loaf. So your expectations should be realistic. It's not going to be like a more traditional loaf. But I will tell you that it it does taste pretty good and my I have a very strong gluten-free followers. I use Bob's Red Mill and I like their one-to-one flour and it comes in a blue bag. It also has xanthan gum in it. And I will include a link in the show notes uh, where you can order direct from Bob's Red Mill. And they really do have the best prices, uh, but if you got to add in shipping, like uh, out to California, it kind of negates the lesser price. 
So we actually buy a 25 pound bags. We go through about at least 50 pounds in a week. And then sometimes we, during the holidays, whatever, we'll double that. Because we don't just make the lows, we make gluten-free cookies, we do quick breads, and we also do some gluten-free vegan ones. Um, and I will cover that in another episode. That's even more challenging, I tell you. Okay, so you can get this particular Bob's one-to-one online, or we actually get it from Smart and Final, um, the 25-pound bags. And I've also seen it at different health food stores. I have tried several gluten-free flours in the past. The reason that I like this one, because it's a good blend. And so what you find is rather than using just rice flour or just almond flour, um, and that's what we use in the keto bread, by the way, it has a blend. This one of Bob's Red Mill has a blend of uh, brown rice flour and potato starch, sorghum flour, tapioca flour, and also includes its anthem gum. And because it already has it in it, it's just one less thing we have to buy and or measure, which really, it saves you labor in the bakery. Now, if you already have a favorite gluten-free flour you like using, or you have some at home, just double check and see if it has anthem gum in it or not. Most don't. And when they don't, then you definitely need to add that. It is a necessary item. I tried baking gluten-free without it because quite frankly, it's expensive. What that does, it takes the place of gluten as your binder. And I did look it up because I have vegan customers. And so I wanted to make sure it was not an animal product. And it is not. And what it is, it, it's basically produced by a certain bacteria and the bacteria that is found on vegetables. And I looked it up for this podcast. And interesting enough, it happens to be on the broccoli, kale, and Brussels sprouts. And it's the reaction it has with the bacteria and the carbohydrates and typically what they use, they, they use a corn derivative and that's where you get your xanthan gum. And not only does it act as a binder, it's also the emulsifier, which keeps the oil and water in the dough from separating. So it kind of holds it together and hence the name xanthan gum. And your leavening agents, which are your yeast, your baking powder, and baking soda, they will cause dough to rise by generating carbon dioxide, and the xanthan gum will help trap that air inside your dough. And as I said, same thing that gluten strands do, but they don't do it as well. So you're not going to get that height in your loaf. I'm not going to tell you that it's, you know, the best tasting loaf of bread that we make because it is not... Um, I happen to like the texture and taste of real bread. And if you remember, or if you listen to the zero episode where I talk how I got into this, it wasn't because I like to bake bread. I opened a bread bakery because I had a need and a desire to buy really good homemade bread that I grew up on and I couldn't buy it. So that's why I started the business is I missed the products. We have taken this gluten-free recipe and then we tried to add in other flavorings to kind of give it a little bit more life. Now if you have celiac disease you got to avoid all gluten. If you have gluten sensitivities what I would suggest is you just try to avoid vital wheat gluten first and see if that will cure your symptoms. And what vital wheat gluten is, it's basically that super condensed form of gluten that is in the bulk of commercial baked goods. And even some home bakers will use it 
it's the reason I don't like people adding that into products is because it's a super condensed form of gluten and it's not a natural amount. Okay, so even if it's organic vital wheat gluten, doesn't mean it's good for you. It means that it's you're putting in a lot more gluten than the was just the body was designed to handle, and that often can have consequences in your digestive tract. So avoid vital wheat gluten. See if that works. And then if that doesn't work, then I would try spelt. Um, and this is exactly the same spiel I give to people in the bakery when they come in for gluten free, and I can kind of tell if they. And I'll ask you, ask them, do they have celiac disease? And if they know, say no, then we have a big poster about gluten-free fact and fiction and ask them to, you know, read that. Um, and I will tell them to avoid better wheat gluten, which we don't have in our bakery. So they're safe there. And or try spelt. And the reason why I try turning them on to spelt is because spelt acts like a much more traditional dough. It's... It has less gluten in it than wheat, so it still has gluten. So if you have celiac, you're not supposed to eat any gluten. But they do say that if you're going to cheat, cheat with spelt. And anyway, so spelt, it's also called dinkle wheat. It's been around forever. It's an ancient grain. 5,000 BC is what they tracked it back to. And like I said, it's kind of a distant cousin of wheat. Um, But the gluten in it, it has less of it. And also it breaks down easier. So it breaks down your digestive system easier. Okay. So that's a good thing. I will tell you this though, when you're making spelt, you have to be very careful that you don't overmix it because you can break down the gluten. And I'm going to do another podcast on spelt in the future and I'll cover that in more detail. Once again, if you have celiac disease and this is the podcast you want to listen to, if you have just sensitivities, try avoid vital wheat gluten and or try spelt. If those things, if you're still having some sensitivities, then definitely this recipe, it's a, it's a really, it's a good tasting. And also it's, it's, um, you know, it's got good, good ingredients in it. I try to design my recipes so they're actually a little more healthier. And so in this recipe, we do use honey instead of sugar. I will tell you that we have another vegan gluten-free traditional loaf, and we're still working on that one because it's the eggs that is hard to replicate. We do a flax seeds. But anyway, so this one has, we're going to start with the recipe here. And then keep in mind, I'm also going to give you a written version in the show notes. So don't have to write it down while I'm talking to you. We're going to make, it's basically two standard loaves. Um, And you start by putting in a third a cup of honey, fourth cup of canola oil. Now, if you want to substitute olive oil or vegetable oil, you feel free. Five eggs and one and a half cups of warm water. And what I would do if you have a mixer is use your paddle attachment on this batter and put it on high. Because what you're doing is just like a quick bread, right? You're whipping up that eggs in there. And so put it on your high setting. It should be completely combined and even frothy on top. Um, And that'll take three to five minutes at a high speed. Now, if you don't have a mixer, you don't need to go buy one, but get a whip. You need a wire whip to whip it up you know, beat the heck out of the mixture of the eggs and the water and the oil and the honey. And then you'll start seeing some frothing happen. And then you, that's when you're good to, to add in the other ingredients. Okay, so the other ingredients are your four cups of gluten-free flour mix. And like I said, we use the Bob's Red Mill gluten-free flour mix. If you use that one, the one-to-one that has, because he makes several 
types of gluten-free flour. So make sure you're using the one, the blue bag that has xanthan gum in. If you aren't, that's totally okay. But then you want to, you have to add in xanthan gum. And so you want to add in your two tablespoons and a half a teaspoon of xanthan gum at this point. Then two tablespoons of salt and three tablespoons of dry yeast. And you can also use three, three of those packets. That'll work too. You don't let it rise like you do a normal yeasted dough. So you, we immediately portion it into our quick bread pans is what we use. And just spray them first because this will stick. Um, and it, like I said, it's kind of more of a batter. We don't let it proof in the first mixing bowl. And so we portion it out. Basically, your pans are about three-fourths full. And then we let it proof for about 20 minutes. And that allows the yeast to work, you know, it's magic, so to speak. And when it's just about to the edge of the top of the pan, that's when we put it in the oven. Normally about 20 minutes, like I said. And then it bakes at a 350 degree temperature for about 45 to 60 minutes. And you can also temp this out at the same with a, as a yeasted bread. So, well, I guess it is a yeasted bread. The same as your normal yeasted bread. So it's 180 degrees is when the batter will be more of a bread. Like a quick bread, we don't immediately turn these out of the pan. So when we make our, you know, our honey whole wheat, grandma's white, whatever, all the other loaves we make, we immediately take it out of the oven and then we cool it on a wire rack. But those loaves are stronger and they'll hold together. Where this particular recipe, this gluten-free is more like a quick bread. And so you let it cool in the pans a bit and then you take it out of your pan. And we also make dinner rolls out of this batter. And so especially during Thanksgiving, Christmas, we get a lot of special orders for dinner rolls. We do is we just use our muffin tins. So spray your muffin tins. And then the same thing is that you fill it up three-fourths full. And then let it rise a little bit in the pan and then bake it off. But you're going to bake it less because it's less mass, right? So you only want to bake it for probably about um, 25 minutes. And now I'm going to talk about the different add-ins that we add into these loaves. And so our typical commercial recipe, so we're making about 10 loaves at a time. And on of our 10 loaves, um, we do about six of them are going to be just our standard. And then we take two and we make a gluten-free uh, garden herb variety. And then we'll make a brown sugar and cinnamon varieties. We call it our cinnamon swirl. Because we just use that standard recipe I just gave you, we can take the batter, we put it in the pans, and then we can diversify from there. So from one mix, we'll get three different types of varieties to sell. And I got to tell you also too, these add-ins taste good. It brings a little bit more flavor to your product. Because keep in mind is that bread develops flavor from the fermentation process as well. It gives you time to coax out the flavor. And in this particular batter, it doesn't matter if you let it sit there forever, because we tried por not portioning out and letting it rise in the mixing bowl and all this other stuff. And it really doesn't develop any better flavor. In fact, it kind of got worse, the, the texture did. Because you don't have the time involved to develop the flavor, you might want to try the add-ins. So the garden herb, this is exactly the same garden herb mixture that we use for our yeasted version of regular garden herb. And this is for two loaves. So if you want to take the whole recipe and make it all garden herb, this is the recipe you're going to use. If you want to do one garden herb and one a seeded version or one a cinnamon swirl or one regular, then you want to cut this recipe in half. 
Okay, so we do a, put it in a bowl. Basically, you're gonna do a third a cup of sun-dried tomatoes, one teaspoon of chives, one teaspoon of basil, one teaspoon of granulated or powdered garlic, two tablespoons of sunflower seeds, two tablespoons of shredded carrots, one tablespoon of finely chopped onion, half a teaspoon of rosemary, and half a teaspoon of thyme. Um, and that, as you can see, is a lot of spice and seasoning. And I also like the texture of it. So it adds in, like your sunflower seeds adds kind of a little crunchiness. If you don't have shredded carrots, you don't have to add those. Um, you could do shredded zucchini or you, don't, you can just skip the whole shredded part. And if you wanted to add some spinach, you could use spinach. I wouldn't go beyond too much of the flavoring. So I've got four teaspoons of spice in this. And so anything more, it just becomes a little bit too complicated. And so I'd kind of keep it to that same amount. But like I said, if you don't have time, then skip the thyme, um, or let's say you really like thyme more than you like chives. Well, then switch it out. Do a half a teaspoon of chives and a teaspoon of thyme. So remember, th these this type of add-ins, these are just guidelines, and so the beauty of baking at home is you can bake to your own taste. Okay, the next version is a seeded loaf. And once again, this will make two loaves, so if you wanna just do one loaf of seeds, then just do one. And it's a half a cup of sunflower seeds, a quarter cup of poppy seeds, and a quarter cup of sesame seeds. One cup total for two loaves. If you want to do just a half a cup of seeds in one loaf, um, you can mix and match to what you like. And let's say you want to use poppy seeds and you want to use flax seeds, you know, but by all means, feel free to. But don't exceed the half a cup per loaf. And the reason why is it won't stick together. Um, so you, you'll end up with a crumbly loaf if you put too many add-ins. How I know this? Because I've done it. And so I even, you know, anyway, I threw in nuts with the seeds. And anyway, th the thing kind of fell apart. So I learned to back down um, to just a half a cup to give it some good flavor, but it won't fall apart. On. Then we do a cinnamon swirl. And this, again, is for two loaves. One cup of brown sugar to one tablespoon of cinnamon. So if you're going to do it just for one loaf, then it would be a half a cup of brown sugar and a half a tablespoon of cinnamon. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone. If you would like to take a gluten-free class, I did have a videographer come in and film me for a gluten-free class. And I will put a link in the show notes to my online baking classes. And in the future, I will do another podcast on gluten-free baking for the quick breads and muffins and scones, which I said, where it's a lot easier to duplicate. Um, and I'm also going to venture into the gluten-free vegan podcast. Uh, and that one is a little more challenging to get the good texture and have it taste great. So I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and review, which will help other bakers find the podcast when they go to search. And if you have any suggestions for ideas for this podcast, I would love to hear from you. My email address is Sheila, S-H-E-I-L-A, at houseofbread.com. Please check out the links in the show notes. Until next time, happy baking.